Recording is starting. Stream is going to start in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And it's streaming. We're streaming, and you know that you can hear me and everything. Yes. So I was talking about, I just got an email from Western Digital. As usual, some company somewhere that I bought a thing from once updated their privacy stuff. And uh, as much as I love going through uh, the legalese, and com I'm competent at it. Um, it's a pain. It's a complete pain. And what's weird is the the title of their email, it, the subject, you know, the subject is updates to privacy statement and introducing a privacy center. But they, most corporations don't actually understand what email is. And so what they do is they send a web page. That's not what email is. Email is just plain text. But the, the content of that web page that they sent me says day two deal free wd black one tv internal hard drive with purchase and so i open it up with a full web browser to see what the heck is going on with it and i look at the source code because i'm a nerd and uh yeah the, the title of that web page talks about getting a free hard drive the content of that email says nothing of this sort so i don't know should i like contact them or something this was a mistake i'm like hey guys i'll write an angry tweet and get your company shut down give me a free hard drive yo wait um, a sec i don't think that's how it works <laughs> what it works for other people i mean give me free stuff um and so i'm looking around their website maybe it'll be like a banner in their store or something like that maybe it's a contest maybe something right and uh, nope, nothing's mentioned anywhere. I think somebody just made a mistake again because guys don't don't send web pages to as emails. If you italicize something, you're sending uh, HTML text. You're sending a web page, which is literally not what email is. There's actually a uh, a standards document for basically everything, which is one of the nuisances of this internet thing is. People get frustrated and then make things themselves without waiting for standards. So we've had these awkward moments of uh, a kind of arms race between different web browsers and the actual standards. So like web browsers will implement their way of making rounded corners on on uh, tables. And I've talked about this before with Flash being used previously, but now it's like there's a, a CSS thing that different web browsers do in different ways. So if your Firefox is this way, if your Chrome, it's that way. And you can you you can specify all the different ways all at the same time in your CSS if you know about all this stuff. Anyhow, that's that's a, a thing where they're not they weren't waiting for the standards to say this is the way you spell the word whatever the heck and this is how you do this. They just went and did it. People um the the HTML email thing is there was a standard set for um, it being just plain text, but the developers of software just went ahead and implemented this. They're like, well, I'll just make all my email clients also web browsers. What could possibly go wrong? And that introduced a massive security hole in every single, well, individual people doesn't necessarily matter, but it was a major problem for like businesses. Because it's one thing to have a well, it's one thing to have a web browser, and that web browser it fetches data from the internet and it renders it on your computer and it actually executes certain code in JavaScript. 
And um, that's that's its own monster. But the thing is, there's something, another web browser implemented in an email client that's rendering those quote-unquote emails. And there can be a massive security hole there if you've got some old email client because why would you want to update your email client? If it works, it works. Like all other things, um, if it touches the internet, you probably need to keep it updated. But in an office environment, um, back in the day, they would they would know about updating your web browser, but they wouldn't think about an email client. So people would like look at malicious web pages by just looking at the email and it would go and it would fetch information from across the internet. And it would, and there's all kinds of weird things. Like um, if I send you an email and what I can do is I, I don't need to attach images to it, although I can, I can have a reference in there to a, a one by one pixel white pixel and it fetches it from some from my server and so if you open that email your your uh, email client acts like a web browser fetches that that page and it includes references to these images so it'll fetch all these images from everywhere but and i will know if you fetch that particular um that particular image and i can make it unique to you and it's not a whole lot of server load to just serve out one, a one pixel size image. So I could craft a mass email and send it to a whole lot of people. And I can know individually who is opening what email where, like when. So I know their IP address and all this kind of stuff. And so it's basically a massive um, privacy problem. So yeah, um, that that's my rant on HTML email, and so Western Digital Digital just kind of goofed up, <laughs> really goofed up. Um, so yeah, um, what do we actually have to talk about? Normally, I would have analyzed our previous podcast and maybe wrote down some notes or something, but as part of the teardown, you are supposed to copy the podcast onto hard drive and hand it to me, and you did. Yeah, I had. Was it yesterday and the day? I don't remember what I did the day before, but yesterday was really bad for me. Again, <clears throat> putting on teardown, putting on the list directly after a show, do it. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't wait. Can't wait for you. So we can't sync our schedules any other way other than this particular um, podcast scheduling. There's no way to know. Yes. So. So you do have a teardown list and you were talking about the, the, how you can finally appreciate why there, you could have one text file per issue tr- troubleshooting thing per thing. Right. So, so I wonder if, cause you understand that we've got the, the three uh, segments the three breaks or three segments concept. Right. So, and it's, 50 minutes each and that takes up x amount of time and a couple of breaks in between and and so there's lead in time there's the the preparation work the testing the checklist that i insist on you starting and at the very end there would also be a teardown so it would be you know uh, maybe finishing off some questions even though we're not live or writing things down or you know saying hello and goodbye to people um, it would include t- 
taking the the stream, editing it to to say that it's offline or any updates or whatever. It would include taking the captures, making sure that uh, it's on a drive that you can pass to me shortly thereafter, as well as performing backups. Because the last thing you want to have happen is after a show ends, you know, you wait until the next day, but overnight something happens to your hard drive, your computer, whatever the heck, and you never made a backup. So that's the the three hours is, I mean, um, if this is on Twitch, I know Twitch will save it, but only for a certain amount of time. If it's on YouTube, YouTube will save it. Um, if we branch out to other platforms, they may or may not. But whatever quality um, might be saved on on one of these platforms is what we streamed at, and we might be able to record locally, like the local copy, much uh, higher quality than what we streamed. That, that doesn't necessarily matter at all, but it does mean that we could craft previews, and etc. with a higher quality, I guess I'll call it higher quality source. So doing backups is a really good idea um, even if you think you have backups, like owning it and knowing where it all is and knowing how to recover from a disaster is really important. Um, what's, what's weird is, so I, I do regular backups myself. I'm big on that. And I've had problems happen. And if you can imagine, the, well, the amount of data that I go through is absolutely preposterous. And if I hiccup and lose the last couple of hours worth of stuff that I'm working on, that might be incredibly disruptive because I have to go and, and have things in my memory, which it's not really a thing, and kind of rediscover exactly like what I was up to, which is kind of a nightmare. So this is why um, you, you had even talked about, like, well, maybe I should get a RAID 5 set up. Well, I wanted yeah. one for the longest time, but turns out that you need special software, and um, it's not—it doesn't come to um, consumer. It's not consumer edition, but yeah, uh, it come. I guess it'd be consumer, but uh, it doesn't come to like you can't get it on Windows. It has. It can't be on clients. It's only on servers. It's not available. Cl or for client side. Okay, that makes so sense. you're all manner of wrong. Um, so as a start, um, a lot of motherboards will include support built in. So that may not be you, because I'm not, I'm not sure. You you should look because it may well be built in there. Um, then after there are hard there are cards that you can put in. Um, now, I don't know if that's so much of a thing anymore because it's getting cooked into motherboards. Um, but those are certainly for people that want really high performance or whatever. They'd, they'd have a, a card for that. And after that uh, is software. So you'd, you'd have just a bunch of disks, disks plugged in. And your disks would be, um, you know, like drive DEF. And then you'd run software that would do mirroring between them, some sort of uh, synchronization software. Now, I'm not familiar with that on Windows. In Linux, it's been a thing since it's been a thing. Um, a lot of things that are that are like daydreamy out there in in computer technology, somebody will just 
spend some time and make it happen on Linux. And now it's more and more of a thing. I remember before it got included in, before RAID support got included in the kernel, which is the main, it's the, the central seed by which all the rest of the operating system blossoms. So the, the, before the kernel actually had any kind of awareness of what RAID was, I remember building it myself and having like an alpha version of software RAID support built in. And it worked, it was fine. Um, so uh, find out your, your make and model of motherboard and see if it's built in. You might wanna just look into the BIOS settings, press delete on power on or whatever, okay. and pop around. Yeah, it might be, it might just be built in. You might be able to say master slave and be done with it. Um, I don't know about RAID 5, but it may well support RAID 1 or 0. Um, I know one guy who does streaming, but I'll learn more about his setup. And it's like, the guy has a lot of money. And he's, he's uh, the reason he's got a lot of money is because he's really picky about spending it, which is one of the misunderstandings people have about wealth. And But for some things, he will um, spend... He will spend intelligently and understand the cost performance. And he actually has, when he's recording, he ha he streams in a certain quality. Um, and he pays a stupid amount for an internet connection plus a backup internet connection that will automatically fail over to this other service. Pretty cool. Because uh, he's got some network nerd in him as well. Because that was his, his job for a little while. And... What he does is he dumps his his current stuff out to a raid to to striping, not mirroring. So is that raid zero? Yeah, I can't forget. I can't remember. So it's raid um, zero is just striped. Raid one is mirror. Yes. Well, so he's raid zeroing it, which technically means that that if one of the drives dies, he's losing his data, which is a little bit funny seeing as he also runs a data recovery service. So maybe that has something to do with this confidence. So yeah, he's, he's spent the money on, on this sort of stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. The, I'm wondering the light for discord doesn't go on very solidly all the time. Am I coming through? Okay. Can you even tell? I should probably open up well, our own screen. I can see the audio like thing, just pinging back and forth on OBS. Okay. I changed your category, so we might it might be a bit different here. So it might be a struggle. Okay, let me. Okay. What do you mean by struggle? Well, I checked this one's. The one we're set in now is talk shows and podcasts, while the other one we set before were all. For the other two tests, we're uh, just chatting, so the audience there is a bit bigger. Well, a oh. lot bigger. Okay, well, that's your, this is something you need to be expert in to figure out where, technically speaking, what you want to do is be in the smallest community possible. You want to be in the, with the least competition and you want to be narrowed down to be very specific. That so, way, somebody who knows what they're looking for will refine their searches to, to find us, as long as we're appropriate for that, that demographic, let's call it, that, that type of interest. So yeah, if... If if that's what it is, and you can be specific, because right now it's not exactly a podcast, because we don't know what we're doing, and presumably podcasts do, 
like they have topics they have guests all this kind of stuff but like right now we are just audio as opposed to some random streamer with a video game which you can probably do which you should probably do go play some destiny or something or maybe i should because i've got grinding to do so yeah and while i'm actually on the the topic of stream improvement it is very confusing because the uh the titling is the way it is to have lucid indifference be all basically all one word there, are you allowed to have spaces or underscores in the name the you can have stuff? underscores so throw an underscore in there so it doesn't look like a lowercase l <laughs> so it looks pretty bad right now i thought it was changed um well i mean for next time you can write it down in your to-do list that you're constantly chipping at it correct yeah I'm sure you are have you ever looked at it even once it's more of a no. mental note yeah stop doing that write it down you need to have knowable goals otherwise like you will not accomplish anything so same same thing whenever you bump into something that you should be doing never commit it to memory write it down on one of your things so that you can forget it and then when the right context comes up like when we're done and we're doing the teardown you open up your teardown document you look at it and you perform those actions and then be done with it um it will make your life a lot easier and uh what else i mean theoretically speaking i was writing so so because you kind of vanished we were going to work on the usb keyboard stuff and we never did i was going to work on a 10 minute clip but i couldn't um but on the plus side i did some shopping so i can talk about that um have i talked about my etsy experiences i don't think i recall um so so there's this coronavirus thing that's going around and uh it's so people are making masks for it like the the canadian government has an actual info sheet it's pretty and it's actual official government stuff they've got an official government website for this stuff as well and um they i have it set so they actually email me whenever there's some official statement that gets this is a not a political set of stuff but it's the kind of ministry of health uh, releases and they're not like dictate they're not political stuff it's just kind of a fast and loose health related stuff and one of the things that so they, they keep instructions and advice and so it's not one of these uh the term in like a terrible uh like like a cop tv show is orgy of evidence so this isn't one of these oh it's statistics and graphs and you know it's it's not fear porn it's just info and the uh they have one page is devoted just to um just masks what they are what they do this kind of stuff and it's nothing particularly technical and it gets into stuff like well how how there are two different ways that you could make your own and it talks about materials and it talks about this kind of stuff you know here's how you would do something if you could sew here's another one if you can't sew at all there's things you can do so if you have a t-shirt you can actually make a mask and so it gives you like like little images on how you would do that so i know about all that stuff i've known about it since you know whatever january 
And um, so I decided that uh, it, I would go out and get find somebody to actually make me a mask that's that's reasonable. And I've actually, in a roundabout way, I've done that sort of thing before. So I had um, I've got a flute that um, I had with, and I got a little bag made for it. It's really nice and all this kind of stuff. So people with skill can actually do this kind of stuff. I can't. And I recognize that. And so I went to Etsy just to poke around, just to learn, like, you know, I, I have money. Like, here is my credit card. Put it, put it down on my keyboard. I am going to give somebody money. Now, everybody, explain why I should give you money. Just, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice perspective. It's like walking to a mall. Uh, I want a pair of pants. Okay. I have, I have money for a pair of pants. I could give my money to anybody in this mall. The, but the one who, who gets it is the one who earns it. It's the one who explains who sells me the pants. And if it's, if I walk past the place and it's just like a bunch of bedraggled pants on racks, I'm like, okay, well, and then I go to the next one and it's, that's well presented. Okay. That's, that's better. And then if I go to another one that, and, and if I go on and on and on, and this it's the same with masks, it's the same with shopping online. So I went to Etsy and I, I poked around. I didn't know what I wanted as a start. And so I ended up bumping into places that actually do a proper sales pitch. Uh, I think the first thing is that people are selling thousands of these masks, like not in terms of number of sellers, but a seller will be selling many of them a day, right? And some of them are pretty significant little industries. And a lot of them uh, already do knitting-related stuff, sewing-related stuff, cloth-related stuff. And they kind of pivoted uh, into this new market. And some of them are actually competent um, in business. So they don't just have a product with one terribly lit photograph. Um, They actually have a breakdown of, of basically why I should spend money at that store. And so I had a chance to actually learn about all about this particular product, because this is actually an important product to learn about. And uh, so I learned that there were, there's, there's more than one kind. So there's behind the ear, like looped behind the ear and there's looped wrapped around the head. And there's elastic bands and there are like little ties um, that you can have to shorten the strings. And some of them have these little, little like button clips that you could slide so that it'll, it'll uh, be the right fit for you. And some places offer different sizes for different faces and different materials and like a three layer and one with a pocket for you to put something else in. And there's like a lot of, of stuff to learn that that government website didn't talk about. It's not really its place to talk about these things um, because they're more like style and and comfort things. But there were some things that it talked about, like the importance of uh, snugness, specifically around the nose and flat against the cheeks. And flat against the cheeks, I think, is the biggest problem I have for my shape of head. So... A lot of these masks are like for uh, average size shapes and of faces and stuff like that, average size heads. So the strings will be of length X and they'll be elastic 
So they might be a little bit snug on some people and a little bit loose on other people, but they'll fit. So for me, it'll be a little bit snug, but what it ends up doing is I got around around the head, not around the ears. And around the head turns out to be kind of a bad decision unless you're wearing a hat on outside. Um, it so it depends on your hair and such. And uh, it ends up pinching at the cheeks, like not pinching against my cheeks, but bunching up. And the bunching up is supposed to be a bad thing, supposedly. Not really, but whatever. Um, so it is imperfect. It depends on if a person's wearing glasses um, as to whether or not other effects really matter or not. And uh, yeah, okay, so so that was a rather interesting skill set to learn. So now, like unlike most people, I will actually go and learn about a thing if if it's a thing that I'm going to be interacting with regularly. So now, I have knowledge of masks as a thing. I didn't take very good notes, um, but what I'm going to do is have this knowledge inform my next purchases. So I'll probably buy a few different varieties, try them all on, and then see see what suits me the best, and then just buy extra that of that. And um, I mean, these are going to be less worn than a t-shirt, and t-shirts last for if they're good quality. T-shirts going to last for years. So if I get like a few of a certain kind of mask and they're, they're perfect. So I get spares, right. Um, that'll last me for as long as it needs to last me, which you know, until the end of time, this will, this will go away just like the flu goes away, which is doesn't, that's, that's not how, it's not how reality works. It does. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a long while. Actually, it, well, strangely enough, it's saying the the flu, the flu doesn't really make any sense because there's a whole bunch of different kinds and they mute, mutate into unique kinds. Um, so you get hit by the flu, you're immune to the flu, the, to that flu forever. And then another, if you get, if you quote unquote, get the flu again, um, it's a different flu. It's, it's a different thing just called, in, it's a different influenza and you'll get hit by that. Your body's smart enough to, to pivot and adapt to that new thing so it's not life-threatening it's just well maybe to some people that are particularly com compromised or they're just like that like um i just don't get sick i don't like the idea so i just don't and so i can be introduced but i to hate the idea of getting sick How come yeah, I well, you, you need to like hate the idea more or more effectively and uh so it worked out for me so far i just don't bother getting sick. Uh, I got sick once in 2009. And I can say things like that. Like, I, I was sick once last decade. <laughs> and uh, and it's basically like that. I'll get sick like maybe a couple of times a decade. And then that's, yeah, won't be a big deal. Um, so for, um, for our current stuff, um, and while I'm on that topic, because that's a good segue from masks, is um, so there's a there's a lot of stuff that's already understood, and I'm not going to get into anything because it because uh, I'd have to have references for the science, and a lot of the the science is misrepresented by a lot of people, including including governments. And so one of the the facts to understand, aside from the mask thing is um like what can you personally do so i was talking about being a generally healthy person 
Um, that is, um, why that is, is not knowable. Okay. So, um, being a general healthy person. No, no. Why I am healthy is not knowable. It's not for any reason that, that it's not for a knowable reason. So you can't say, well, you just have to be like fit or you just have to have a good diet or you just no, because I've done none of those things. I've done I've done none of those things all simultaneously. I've done the exact opposite of all the things that, that your doctor would recommend now, other than, you know, I haven't been a crack addict or something like that. Right. So I, I've not lived a correct lifestyle before. Right. So. So I can't say that's why it's, it's just, I happen to be like that. So I can't just say, do what I do that, that doesn't, that's not a thing. Right. So I can't advise you. So I can't give somebody the advice to just do what I do because there's no such thing. I don't do things. However, however, um, there is one set of studies and yes, I can actually go and get the science with the papers and everything. Um, that talks about respiratory illnesses and there is open science to be done on all things, especially in biology. Nothing is really a closed book because there's an in, there is, there are many things to learn per individual, let alone for groups. So for respiratory illnesses, trying to understand what can be done either if a, if a person gets one or, uh, if a person is likely to get one yet so you want to have a bulwark against respiratory illness or you want to help a person recover after they have uh, contracted something well and that's really um, important to understand now and so i went and i learned that of all the things that you can do for yourself personally especially for people who are concerned is you would take vitamin d just plain old vitamin d and um for respiratory this, issues uh vitamin d helps a person not contract respiratory ailments in the first place even if it's minor and it helps them recover from it even if it's minor but it's the only thing that's knowable right now that actually has that i can actually point at a paper and it's a general respiratory thing this is not covid related well i mean it is now but this knowledge is from you know some years previous and so it happens to be particularly relevant now um, and it's about the only thing that an everyday person can do in terms of diet and exercise and this kind of stuff that, that's the taking your vitamin d is kind of important which if you're living in many places just going out and getting sun isn't getting vitamin d necessarily um and Certainly, you know, you'd say, oh, overcast place or whatever the heck, you're not getting your vitamin. D. Yeah, okay. All good arguments. But if you take vitamin D supplements, then then you're in much better shape. And I'm going to look at what I've got right now. So there are, I had been taking calcium, magnesium, vitamin D combination supplements. And this is good for people that are um, concerned about osteoporosis. So osteoporosis is like a, you can think of it like a thinning of the bone structure. It gives you brittle bones. And this is something that, that so frequently hits the elderly that is something to think about when you enter, entering into middle age. So I started taking supplements. 
And uh, so I got like, I have strong bones. Um, and, but that vitamin D is pretty. Hey, I've got the container in front of me. How much vitamin D is in this thing? Jesus. Next to none. Uh, <laughs> Five micrograms. The things he, he was going off about. <laughs> 200 IU. Okay, so no, I'm, now I'm doing a comparison to something that has that, that oh. has more. Okay, so I'm looking at cod liver oil. You know, cod liver oil, fish oils is one of the things that gets recommended to a lot of people. Um, and it's not like saying fish oil is magic, so you should take it. Um, that's that's not not a valid argu- not a valid argument. So I look at it, and you look at what the what the actual um, can't say medicinal, but what the actual vitamin content is. So this one has vitamin um, D three of four hundred IU. So it's got double. Okay, now these are giant annoying pills. Well, capsules. So they're like the kind of spongy, almost see through gel things. And let me look at this other one I've got. I, I just I just have a rack full of this stuff. Okay, and the next one I have here is halibut liver oil, which has another which has four hundred IU. So it's how the same. Many, how many oils what, do you do you have? How, how many? Okay, so I'm not taking the. I'm I'm gonna wait until I'm done with the cod liver oil to get to switch to halibut liver oil. The halibut liver oil, the capsules are smaller, so it's a little easier to swallow. Um but I have four different containers that I take every day. And this is not related to COVID or anything like that. Um, every single one of them has an explanation. So let me, let me go through. Let me put it all back. Okay, so first, I don't eat properly. I don't eat consistently. So people say things like, oh, eat your greens and all this kind of, oh, I don't really do any of that. So I have a multivitamin. now. The multivitamin is going to make your pee smell funny and maybe look different. Um, and a lot of people argue that it's because it's really not doing anything. It's not going anywhere. Your body's just getting rid of it. It's fair enough to say that. Some things might stick, um, but some people might have legitimate um, concerns over how much of whatever they get because they're absent of certain stuff in their diet. And my diet's inconsistent. So I have a multivitamin. I actually have a multivitamin that's for men okay now what does that mean i don't know (laughs) but if if somebody sells me something and it's made for men as opposed to something that's generic or made for women or for the elderly or for children or whatever if the demographic suits me and it's otherwise i don't feel like i'm getting ripped off i'll just buy it so if they make something that suits me this is also like eye health and which would be nice metabolism muscle function, immune function, whatever. They're upselling it. So I got that, which I would recommend that to anybody that is either a little bit weak, that's their experience in life, is a little, they're a little bit weak in general, um, or they got a wacky diet, or, or they're experimenting with their diet, which is what I was doing for a very long time, which I can talk about. So the other thing I, I talked about is the, the fish oil. That's a very recent thing for me, and that's only recent because I was looking at the D3 content. So this is uh, cod liver oil with vitamin A and D3. And the I don't know what is actually in the cod liver oil, but 
1,100 micrograms. Is that milligrams? I think it would be milligrams, wouldn't it's it? milligrams. It wouldn't be. MG? It normally wouldn't be micrograms. Micrograms are has a different... That's a weight. Well, okay, never mind. I'm being silly. And um, the thing is, for, for vitamins, IU is the, the unit that should be looked at. But, because, um, wow. So this was 756 MCG. Okay, so that's what? That's micrograms, isn't it? We could look this up. That's what, that's what your job would be, to look this stuff up, to make me look better. And then some vitamin D that I talked about. It's got 400 IU. So that's... And that's just recent because of vitamin D concerns. It's, the other uh, one I was micrograms sorry? is a U is a funny looking UG. Oh, okay, right, right. So it's not that because that symbol is not anywhere. So what is MCG? I don't think it's important. And the other is uh, the calcium with uh, magnesium and D three. So I. Do know that D3 is important for absorbing calcium, but I think it's both magnesium and D3. So, and these are big honking. And C, oh, it is micrograms. It uses okay. both. Okay, so they just didn't want to switch out from the Latin font set out into like uh, whatever. Um, I want to say UTF 8, but that's not right. Um, oh, man. One of the other. Uh, uh, my brain is a non-straight technical stuff. Um, and this has 167 magnesium and uh, five micrograms of vitamin D3. So it's, I'm getting a little bit more of that, but what's interesting and why I went to reach for a bunch of bottles is um, the obscure stuff I collect. So there's this one band that I fell in love with because it was on a sampler uh, CD that came with a magazine um, called Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles. And it was a set of heavy metal magazines from way back when, from the 90s. And uh, so it had a CD in it and had like a sampler track from each of a number of bands. And one of the bands was called The Gathering. And The Gathering is a really weird band. They're, they're quite old. Well, they're very old now. And they've been through multiple singers. And I've absolutely fell in love with, um, can I remember the name of the song? This is not on my regular list anymore. Um, I cannot remember, even though I have the song running in my head right now. I can't remember the title. And I fell in love with the song, and I went and I grabbed, this is kind of basically pre-internet, not quite. You know, the internet was pretty un unpopular, I guess I can say. And I went and I hunted down everything I could. And I actually found a little side interview before or after a gig of some sort where that singer was interviewed. And I just kept it. And so, and that was like, I probably got that in the early 90s. Uh, no, pardon me, the early 2000s. And uh, I listened to it just uh, you know, several months ago. And she's one of the questions. So it's, it's just this obscure behind the scenes MP3 that I just have that I kept there. And I finally got around to listening to it now after 10 years or whatever. And in the middle of that, it's just some side conversation. And the, the lead singer, she gets asked, um, like, do you do anything for your voice? Do you take anything for your voice? 
And this is actually something it, it, that grabbed my attention because I had been specifically researching how to deal with like having a wet voice. Uh, like, uh, do, do you have to drink lots of water? Uh, are there certain things you should be drinking, not drinking? Are there certain, like, do you do supplements? Like, what what's going on? Because I really didn't like it's I don't think anybody likes their voice, but I could I could actually uh, there was a a problem of physics in speaking that I had with a certain kind of wetness that would that seemed to be directly associated with like drinking milk, for example. And I don't mind quitting something like that if I learn that that is what's doing it. But so I had been researching all kinds of stuff and it was a complicated topic and it was just it was really expensive, the, the supplements that were being suggested. So I just put it off. And but I was listening to this MP3 of this band, of this artist that I like. And she said that she was taking vitamin E. And and so that is the the fourth supplement that I'm taking is vitamin E. And vitamin E isn't weird like um like a lot of the vitamin B vitamin B has a bunch of different versions. So there's just a vitamin E. And these are, I like the fish oil. This is a, a, a like a gel, a soft gel. And it's got 400 IUs. So this is just a pretty, pretty straightforward stuff. And it's not very expensive. And somebody asked on Amazon, like, how long does this kind of thing last? And I looked at my bottle, like, whoa, this thing lasts for a few years. So I could just buy a bunch of it and just keep it as long as it's not, um, on the dash of a car or something like that, I'm sure it'll be fine. So I can buy a bunch of extra. Melts, you dump it. You attempt <laughs> to grab one out. Into one wad. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to chew a piece off every day. And uh, what's not not a week after taking this, probably a few days, um, my voice is totally different. The There has been no circumstance that has had my voice uh, revert back to when I was particularly um, annoyed at it. So that wetness that, that existed before, and I do narration on the side, that wetness is gone just from taking vitamin E. And I've gone, I've gone through, I drink milk again, I will have salty food, I will not drink enough water, I, all the things that you would think or that, that provably are bad. Um, I've done all that stuff. and. Uh, I mean, maybe I should just stop taking the vitamin E for a while because that's generally that's the good science is when you when you stop the thing you think is helping, and then the problem comes back. That's how you know. But um, that what that that's rather incredible. Whatever the heck is going on there? So maybe there's something in my diet that's just absent. Because uh, I mean, I had been taking the multivitamin. I think I took that, started taking that afterwards. What's a multivitamin got in it? It's got vitamin E as some version or other, but it's got next to nothing. 40 IU. So it has a 10th. I guess you can't fit so much in a little pill like that. So that always, that always felt really strange to me is like exactly how much can you fit in a tiny multivitamin? Exactly. What is it doing? Um, and I guess that's why your body is kind of peeing out most of it. Cause maybe your body only uses the, maybe you've got a slight deficiency in some wacky thing in there and your body's like, eh, doesn't care about the rest. I mean, 
It'll get it from the broccoli that you eat once a month, whatever the heck, and it doesn't care. But so yeah, I, I just like the idea that it's just rounding things out, just in case I do nothing but eat crackers one day, which I did yesterday. Don't don't do that. Just don't crackers and diet Pepsi for a meal. Probably not a good thing to do twice for in the room. entire day. No, most of the day. Yeah, yeah, I think I I think my breakfast was like one of my standard protein heavy like bacon and eggs and sausages breakfast. So, I mean, if if that's the only meal I had all day, I'd still be fine healthy-wise, but um other than being hungry, but yeah, I did have like this like thyme and olive oil triscuit crackers. And and again, eating stuff like that that's salty and I had olive oil. <laughs> yeah, well, built in, yeah. yeah. So those are the the flavor slash ingredients mm. in these crackers. And he even had that like this morning and my voice is just fine. So it's probably quite salty, certainly quite dry and no problem, no problem at all. And, uh, that is only since taking vitamin E supplement of all things. So I have listened to narrators, voice actors, and singers, including like, um, uh, what would they be like a, a like a vo- vocal coach? Coach, I think is the the term. Listen Voice to a coach. vocal coach. Yeah, and you'll get there are good channels on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube, and there's a reason YouTube is like the second most uh, populous search engine. The first one being Google. Neither of which is a really good idea. Both together is definitely a bad idea. But you can poke around YouTube because getting a vocal court coach is um is not edgy so you should be able to find one in an unbiased manner um and i was listening to one guy who went on it was the the entire topic of the video and i can't remember how long it was but it was long and he was going on just about the things that you can do to improve your voice specifically in terms of supplements because i know that there are um like vocal practices warm-ups and stuff like that 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 there are also other videos out there where people make embarrassing sounds just to open up the vocal cords or it's just like stretching before going for a jog or something like that. And certainly before something being athletic in some professional sense, there's, there's a warm up stuff. Um, so he was talking about supplements and uh, I swear, can't these people just write a list down in the description? I'm waiting. I'm looking through the comments, hoping that somebody has timestamps. And because I can't spell some of the stuff he's saying, I'm, just, I'm I'm listening to it again and again and and trying to figure out what the heck. Because he might hold up a bottle and he'll hold up the bottle and the camera is focused on his face. <laughs> and so this fuzzy bottle that he's holding up out there, it's like, yeah. And so I'm I'm going on Amazon, like, just look just vaguely looking through a badly spelled version of what he's talking about. And until I find a bottle that's, that's the right color and I zoom in, I'm like, Oh, and I match it to the video. That's what he was talking about. That particular brand. Cause I want to be, if it's somebody that's been doing it for 30 years and they're giving you advice and you have no idea what you're, you're doing, you listen to that person. Just don't, if you're new at something, don't pretend like you're any good at it at all. So when somebody is earnestly giving you advice and they're actually experienced, then yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be really specific about listening to this guy because I care. And, uh, 
he's not very good at explaining it like at at showing but he's really explaining everything pretty well but everything he was showing is like oh you just whenever i feel something a little bit coming on like i feel a little bit of a cold or something i just i just mega dose on this i'm looking it up i'm like that's a hundred dollars a bottle <laughs> dude no he said mega dose yeah he, yeah i'll just i'll just take the i'll I'll take this much of this and I'm looking at it, trying to hunt down this thing. And it's, I mean, I, I, it's his business, right? It's his industry. And it's like, um, imagine that you're like, you're a runway model of some sort and you get a, a chip nail. I can imagine, uh, a, a person like that freaking out and, and, like spending oh x amount of dollars on a nail protectant and some sealer and and like like soaking it and whatever other magic that happens and you'll get a scratch and you do all this maintenance stuff so if, it, if it's a person's business to actually have a good voice then i can imagine that person having a a an extra little cupboard full of all these sorts of things and knowing how to reach for what things in what order for what reason when a certain like problem arises um it's just like um you're not supposed to drink wine i think is one of the bad things um and believe it or not so so people get like phlegmy voices and you'll see on stage and stuff like that people have like a, a bottle of water or something like that will be there and uh but believe it or not being high uh, drinking water as the solution um that that will kind of help you in the short term like so if, if you've got like a something stuck in your throat kind of thing you drink a little bit of water you're good but that doesn't get rid of the phlegm problem because the phlegm problem isn't actually a phlegm problem you can still have a, uh like mucus in there but the Fleminess in the voice is a thing that happens at the vocal cord level and it's not it's a hydration issue but it's not drinking water hydration it's not you can't just drink some water right now and have it fixed right now it's you should have been hydrated hours ago and it impacted it later so you can like so like staying hydrated throughout the day is the the message so i but i look I have learned that if I've got a problem, I I try to remember it or write it down, and then I actually go and look into it. You'd be surprised how many dumb things you go through every day that you could look up a solution to. You know, like like how do I use a straight razor? You know, this kind of stuff. Hmm. Or that uh, wasn't it. You that was telling me about that dad YouTube channel that got really popular. <laughs> I should probably go through that. What they did? What did they do? It is like it was a. It was just a guy, and he was giving dad advice on stuff. Was it two <laughs> of them or just one? I don't know because I haven't seen it. I thought it was you that was telling me about it. Like telling you and showing you are two different things. I don't think I tell, tell you. Then maybe it was somebody else, but I I never went and looked it up or anything because I'm I'm. It was I was being told in the context of this is the new trend that's coming up. And I already knew about that. Like the, the surrogate dad trend is going to be a pretty significant thing going forward. Nope. What's not? 
how unsurprising <laughs> that people would need a surrogate dad. Um, and so, so, but looking up, I mean, I did that when I wanted to understand how to use the traditional safety razor properly. Um, and not because it's a scary thing, right? Having an actual live blade that you put in a handle yourself, as opposed to a, one of those little manufactured, like, oh, there's 16 razor blades built into this thing. Not, not the disposable kind, but a, but a traditional kind. Uh, and I found YouTube videos on that. Jeez. It's the kind of stuff that people should go and look for because it's so. Are you talking like the barbershop blades or the ones like the people you. Okay. So uh, if you're talking about they, they can fold or not, but they're one, but they're like a uh, knife. That's called a, a straight razor. Or, or maybe, maybe you might call it like a barbershop razor or something, but that's a straight razor. And, uh, but the other kind of thinking about, they have the, the tiny, uh, two edged blades that you would put into your own handle. It's very much like you, you've got the terrible plastic handle things with the, with the disposable tips. Like that's what a lot of men use if they want a naked blade on their face. And, but the thing is, it's kind of expensive and they're, they're terrifyingly sharp and they can be quite dangerous to use so i looked into like what can i do about not cutting myself shaving and the advice that i was getting pointed me towards the old old timey version of a safety razor is it comes in three parts so there's a handle that you can unscrew kind of like the back of a dart and then you've got two edges two uh metal plates that sandwich a blade and that blade is that that i don't i um, I don't know how else to describe it, but it, it's uh, it's flat and it's got the little holes inside okay, it. Yeah, it's, I see. It's got the two two edges, and you re you replace it yourself, and you buy them in packs of five in little plastic boxes. Or they're actually inexpensive compared to the the razors, the disposable razors, the contemporary disposable razors of various kinds. Um, and they're a lot easier to clean and they're a lot easier to control. And so I was given that as advice and they're like, well, you could do that and then wrap wire around the blade, which I mean, sounded pretty dumb, but the idea is to give a distance between the blade and your face. I don't do that. I never even tried that. Um, I don't like the idea, but it turns out that that kind of blade would let me choose the razor blades to use. And you have a, a heavy, a metal a weighted handle, and the actual experience of holding it and controlling it is better than using something that's plastic. I think I had um, too much pressure, stuff like that, when I was using the earlier kind. I ended up going through uh, several generations of um, like electric razors of various kinds, including like really expensive stuff. And so I've, I've recently settled to uh, traditional safety razors because they're, they're inexpensive and easy to use and don't cut me. And I experimented with literally more than a dozen different brands and types of blade. And there's, there's way more than that. You get sampler packs with different kinds. And I ended up just the other week settling on Dorco. Dorco, now that I'm saying it aloud, it sounds like a really terrible name. 
Um, but they are called Platinum Prime Blades. And they are not good blades. Um, they are really safe, really good for the first shave. And if, you're, if you know what you're doing, you can use them a second time. That's about it. Um, but the other blades I, I have used, you could use it three times. So, and you could think that there's a very significant price difference for being able to shave once or twice with one of these. Um, and it depends how thick your hair is. Like some people have like really, uh, like wiry or really thick or right. And so it's harder for them to shave. So, so they would have to try something else, but this was, it was really nice. But the thing is these, even though I could only use them twice, theoretically three times, whoa, boy, do I not want to cut myself? Cause they actually get, um, like you use it and it dulls and it dulls because you're using it and because you've it's been wet but basically because you've used it so the next time around it's actually more dangerous and it's you can cut yourself and the third time is really dangerous and i would not want to do that um the other blades that i've used i could use maybe three times maybe even four times but the thing is these blades are less than half the price so if, if i'm looking in terms of of price safety these are the best i've seen so far so i'm just going to buy a lifetime supply and have have like a, a rack next to my bathroom full of these things and just done with it i can get them on amazon at a subscription so they're a little bit cheaper and then away we go right so so looking for dad advice on the internet is actually really handy because the one thing that men love doing is giving unsolicited advice <laughs> <laughs> so you can make make themselves feel like experts. But if you unsolicited <laughs> advice, break time seems to go. Yeah. So on that note, everybody go look at YouTube right now. So we'll, we'll be back in what ten minutes, about fourteen <laughs> yeah. minutes at this point. Are we are we breaking? So are we late right now? Yeah, we're or... late by ten minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, you need to tell me this ahead of time because I keep. He got Do like two minutes into like the good thing, and then it's like, uh. <laughs> like this is gonna be inconsistent. So I don't feel I really don't want to force the breaks, but at this point, we do we have, to, have to. to. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna come back in ten minutes from this point. I'm gonna go and get something to drink. So the thing with Destiny, that every year they do a moment of triumph, and this time. Including the triumph there. So when the when next season comes around around September, they're removing a bunch of uh, raids. Or they're vaulting some of the raids and taking away content and shuffling things around. One of them involves when the, the raids they're taking away is like the old Leviathan ones. Mm-hmm. And that's the only raid I know. Well, Leviathan, there's like it's a huge ship, and anything in that, they're taking those raids away. Mm -hmm. So, me, a friend, and another guy, I hosted, and then at this point, we feel comfortable teaching. But as long as people say up front, I'm new to this, we'll teach them. Otherwise, if we catch them out that they don't know what they're doing, we just straight up kick them. Okay, well. 
You you use a, a third party website to help matchmaking. Not, not anymore. That really? site's Do you know enough people. That site's really bare bones now. Is it because it's not popular anymore, or it's not a, It's people just use the main website now, or oh, so for there, there is, anyways. There, there's like second party or first party matchmaking stuff. It's not in game. It's website. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I've always used websites. Um, longest time was DestinyLFG.net, and that activity at the time was very popular because search function with that was a lot more easier through the other one. Although I mm -hmm. didn't really know about the Bungie's thing until I played until I got back into D two. Mm -hmm. So So you can kick people and just get somebody spare easily enough that you don't mind being a jerk. Yeah. I think you just like being a jerk. I'll be a jerk if I have to. As long as you're I, again, with the dad thing, I think a lot of men actually—it's um, not a—it's not a power thing, but it is—it is a dadding thing. Where if somebody actually, um, not because they need help, they go to you and hey, I want you to work for me for free for helping me for nothing. But if they want to come and participate with you, and and uh, they are willing to um, take advice then a lot of men respond very well to that. Um, so, so yeah, it, as long as you are okay with the idea of somebody saying that they, that they need help or that they don't know. But what you do need to do is take advantage of that to build long-term relationships so you can know that that person has had a little bit of experience or because that's a positive attitude to have. And it would be really nice if you could keep that person for the future to to help them even more or because if you yourself are mentored up to be more competent you are also likely to become uh to continue to improve in that way because that's a healthy way to improve and to pass on that that kind of um educational perspective to a third person and it's yeah. it's really nice to see that continue. So those situations are how you could judge somebody and then get them invited into your guild, for example. But uh, like technically, your guild should be so big that you should be able to pull people out easily. But yeah, um, in a but, in a nice world or down the mm -hmm. line. I don't even decades. know if people online in my Maybe I've got a guild. I think I don't know why I have a guild. It just just in case, because I'm not social enough to just go and reach out to form my own groups. But you get like a guild benefit. You get an occasional thing like once a week, an upgrade. So I guess that's a reason to have a guild. But because yeah. I, uh, but so I'm on, well, I'm on, I'm on PC and I use a controller and I, it is so distant for me to put down the controller and use the keyboard that I tend to not interact with anything with the keyboard. I tend to not even look at the text because it's at the bottom right and I need my text to be at the bottom left or I won't see it. So I can't tell if there's activity in my guild chat to reach out and to connect to people to do activities or whatever. Otherwise, I think I, I mean, of course I'd, I'd rather, but we don't really interact. We don't voice chat. We don't, I've got a, 
I, I essentially have built my own community for Heroes of the Storm. So it's a it's a terrible Care Bear Dota clone. And uh, I just I gather people and people who talk, I will make a note of and I make sure I don't purge them from my friends list for whatever reason. This person is interactive with me. Yeah, yeah. So this person types yeah. the occasional rude message. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not that specific, but I think there's a there's a certain upper limit of how many people you can have on your friends list. And a lot of people reach it quite quickly because there is a you are awarded an experience award when you play with people on your friends list. So air quotes friends. So what people just do is they just friend everybody all the time to get that benefit. And everybody ends up with this friends list of people that are strangers. They're just tagged that way for the XP benefit. And many times uh, I, I've, I've met several people who have reached the upper limit and what they, they have to go, okay, well, hang on one second. And they have to pull up their friends list and scroll through and see if there's anybody who has not logged in in a certain length of time that they can remove from their friends list. And uh, I, I'm more selective. I'm more selective that way. Um, but I'll, I'll, whenever somebody asks to friend me, I'll friend them. That's not a big deal. And I just, I note if somebody's a talker and I won't remove them if, you know, if they're a chatter and they haven't been around for a couple of months, something like that. But yeah, I, I mean, you could do something of the same thing with a destiny guild in that you curate who you allow in based on those qualities that you're already curating by keep them and build the list. And, um, it, even though you might be with like fairly amateurish people, you'd have a lot of them are competent enough to know when they don't know and to ask for help and to look for advice. And then you can, you know, you can train them to be better. Um, I, I end up with Heroes of the Storm is not a great game or anything. Um, but I'm able to log in at many times and just pull up and just grab people. Because there will be somebody available or I will get an instant invite just because I've developed that relationship with enough of my community that and then they know that I talk when people are chatty and this kind of stuff. So it's a very different way of playing a game. Whereas Destiny for me is a solo game. There happen to be other people around. So it's like a it's like a, it's not even a massively multiplayer, but it's like a, um, a single player game that you play with other people around. And you kind of cooperate accidentally because you're all in the same outdoor mission or something like that. But you don't keep people. You don't interact with people. There's no socializing. There's certainly no voice chat. I mean, I, I kind of did it once, which is kind of interesting. Um, whereas in Heroes of the Storm, we chat all the time and sometimes even relevant to the game, but usually not because why bother? <laughs> I, I mean, I only play versus AI, so that's that's part of it too. Just so for me, Destiny is all about playing versus the computer versus the world, and uh, that does free up your socializing to just be random and chatty and friendly. Whereas if you were very PvP centric, the experience of collecting people and voice chatting, all communication would be a matter of thus the victory strategy which is pretty um i mean it can be quite toxic and stressful i mean when somebody kicks you just because you make a mistake 
because they think you don't know the fight. I'm sure you've never done that. Mm. <laughs> they just can't react well, or they just can't start it without. It's a, it's just a huge game. It's just a huge game of once two teams stand off. Do I make a move? Do they then make a move? Can I catch this person out? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've shoulder surfed you playing at least Destiny One and a bit of T Destiny Two to know that there. I this why I don't like raiding in that game is, um, it's it's a whole lot of not playing the actual game. You're playing some weird meta game that got inserted into that particular raid event. It's yeah. like it suddenly becomes a puzzle game or something. Oh, it's just so bad. I want raids to be like longer, maybe slightly harder um, events, just like the outdoor outdoor um, public events. It happens once every time a new raid's out with, with the groups because they don't know what they're doing just to figure it out. And then afterwards it turns into, how do I blast it this quickly and get, a, and get it done and over with? Well, I mean, strikes is kind of like that. But it's... it's but strikes are just hallways with enemies that pop out. There, there, yeah. there used to be a class of video game, and I can't. There is a term for it. I can't, so this is old arcade games, where and they act just like Destiny strikes. So, the thing about these arcade games, so you might have Real shooters, uh, yeah, something like that, and the camera is not under your control. It moves maybe at a consistent pace, but it, it's it's pre-programmed, and bad guys kind of pop out. And uh, strikes remind me of that because it's always the same bad guys that come in the exact same places. And there's very little, there's no, there's next to no variety in terms of what hallways you get access to. I can think of one strike in particular where it opens up one, one of the hallways is different. It gives you one out of three options, opens randomly, pseudo randomly, whatever. There's like two, so you go three, down that I think path. that do that. But like, I couldn't tell the difference between one path and the next because when that door opens, it's just a hallway with, I don't get any choice as an individual to pursue going through that in my, in, in the way I want. I mean, the entirety of the indoor version or the instance version of that game is like that is, is, is just a hallway. And I really don't like that about, well, any games. I mean, they they have inherited the problems from old arcade games. Old arcade games, it, it is just one template, and you're pushing that template through, and the player plays through that template. And there may or may not be any randomization whatsoever. Um, and online games are very much the same. Um, outdoor public events? still are, are still the same but they're a little bit more they feel a little little bit more random because you can choose how to approach um, where you are kind of where you go there's more there's there's width there's more there's more space for you to go to um whereas in strikes it's it's always it's the room or it's the hall but outdoor space is like oh just i don't care about standing on the you know, there's enough other people here. I'm just going to go off and snipe from, or I'm going to go punching things, or I'm going to go, and you can, like, go off. Um, and I know raids, you can't, 
you can't even hope to do that because there are objectives that individuals need to stand on things or whatever the heck. And I really, uh, yeah, that bothers me. The puzzle aspect of quote-unquote raiding with that game is just preposterous. Well, it's I, still mainly shoot things first and figure out what to do in this, when you're at this spot next. I don't know. There's a lot of that. Um, ah, I, I just, I don't, what I what I as a player was expecting is a different kind of terrain, maybe some different enemies, maybe some minor mechanics, but for me to be free to just run around shooting stuff. And it that and that's not what it is. It's me being very specific about what I shoot when and where I stand and what my, you know, my I have a job and it's uh I mean, it's just it's just not fun. It's not fun. So I only did raiding a couple times, and then I just kind of went, eh, this is... Like, for some reason, I don't mind grinding through Ness's open events just because of the snarky robot. And that's just fun. I also I also know a girl who talks like that, so it's really awesome. Uh, she is... Uh, two-tones. She, she is hilarious. No, she isn't two-toned. She, she's the bad version. <laughs> she's kind of like the the... Uh, it's not uncaring, but she has that that just snark to her. The the damaged robot version, the 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 more fail than safe, and so it's um. You mean the more depressing side, the depressing realistic yeah, side. Well, yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the 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 more gritty side, and uh, it's and it's it sound it's kind of weird. I don't know how to how to say this the right way. But um, it's uh, there's there's a meme for it. Of course, there's a meme for it. Humans talking memes now. Where it's uh, like a, a little tubby tiger with like a little like a, like an angry face. <laughs> and and uh, the caption is something like. Um, when you're angry, but you look like this, so nobody takes you seriously. <laughs> it's like. So this girl gets kind of mad and it's it's like cute mad. So you can't really tell the difference between her playing it up and her being mad. And so I'm reminded of that whenever I'm on Nessus, whenever I'm running around, I've got the snarky robot that says the exact same thing again and again. I don't know. I just like it. It's just so endearing, especially when I call the um, I call the world resources data lettuce because oh. they look like lettuce. <laughs> and, yeah, so I don't know. So that was my because I because there was no variety back in the day, so I would just grind that, and it was fun, and I had fun. Um, now, um, I don't know. It's like they never played their own game for a lot of the other stuff. Um, no, it is not kind of don't. I mean, Mars is great. Like the public events for some of the the places are just great, but the rest just trash. So like never they never thought it through. Or there's there are dead ends with nothing there, or like what what are they thinking with Titan? Like there's nothing there. It there's an entire section that has nothing in it for some reason. Um, but yeah, and the new stuff. So the moon is garbage, and I just don't go there. I think is that the very latest thing? Yeah. I think that's the latest latest new race. And it was uh, I did not like it. I did not appreciate it at all. It's awkward awful to get anywhere there's nothing there there's nothing to shoot 
and it's all hidden in buildings and around cover and it's just obnoxious and the the public events are when they're when they're these weird random ones they're kind of fun um but ah just it's wrong it just seems wrong to me um so that kind of sucks so i mean right now when did you say that the the next season is around september or this september so they they block off all the previous content behind they block most of it off right but the thing is that the earlier stuff still isn't unlocked like i they're still trying to sell me more than one season's worth of content in the store instead of unlocking the old stuff so it's just like if i wanted to catch up i would actually have to pay for for the previous season and this season yeah and it just makes it like well they still haven't gone out of their way properly like i was saying earlier with the mall they haven't gone out of their way properly to sell the product i don't know what i would get and i don't really see enough of it i just you know okay well there's some weird thing where i can do this and i upgrade that and i get this you know shiny new gear but i don't really know what i'm getting so i'm not gonna pay money for it i just don't care anymore and um the rest of the game is pretty tedious and monotonous and i just have nothing better to do right now so i'm looking at going back to uh, world of warcraft you know rolling another character and poking around and i don't know it's interesting because i'm playing with the other faction now and i haven't actually leveled anything properly through it so some things are pretty new to me which i guess is variety um because there's variety with the early parts of the game uh, and less so with the later parts because they blizzard like throws their hand up and says well we'll just like reuse the same quest and it'll be the same for both factions because reasons um which which i'm fine with as long as they spend the development effort somewhere someplace useful and not just take that as profit just do half the work and and pocket the pocket the development effort which i would not be surprised um so that's the only other game i really care about that and heroes of the storm and for some i'm still collecting 10 new games every month because of my my humble monthly um and i still buy steam games on sale even though i don't really play them so i i stink at being me um so yeah it's uh, I don't know. Playing games is work now. Weird as it sounds, it's just too much variety. So, if there yeah, was everyone keeps saying we're, everyone keeps saying we're still in there's such a great life or such a great moment for games where there's always a new one coming out at some point and you don't have enough time to finish one and jump onto the next. Well, depending on who you are. I the thing is, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry now, and uh, everybody should have seen that coming. And so, there's a lot of. As soon as there's a lot of dollars, there's going to be a lot of of competition going after that. And like, I can appreciate that there's going to be a lot of different indie and different big name stuff, and. But there's only so many kinds of game, and a lot of the games are kind of 
not fully baked. And yeah, there's just too much. There's way, there's way too much. I, I mean, I do, but I, I don't miss the, the old games when it's like you had an NES and then all the, uh, all the stuff that came out on the NES, you, you, there was only so much. So you fell in love with that and you didn't think about there being like, there were other games, but you couldn't afford them. And so you had what you had and you played that and you liked it and it, it took a long time to play. So you played it. Now there's so much variety that, um, there's a loss in valuing it. Just like if you had a whole large player base and you could go through and just kick whoever you want. If you don't like somebody, play with somebody else. That uh, devalues each individual video game, each individual player. Um, that um, there's like a, there's, it's an accountability thing almost where it, as soon as you're distant from something, and if you're distant from it because there's lots of alternatives, as soon as that too many alternatives pops pop up, um, every individual in that pile of alternatives becomes devalued um, too much, and you end up. So for me, it's like there's a lot of games out there, but and no one of them seems to be trying hard to be high quality. It's just like we'll reuse the same assets and make them different colors, and then sell them to you. Oh, thanks. Wow. Heroes of the Storm does that pretty hard. It's kind of fun. Kind of awful. Wait, how do they do... Wait, they're just re... What do you mean reusing so, assets? So they might make a new model for a character, and that model might involve... Uh, I mean, it might go so far as to involve a different resting posture and some different sound effects and stuff. But it's not got different a different costume on. And then they'll offer that same thing with just palette-swapped colors... And they'll, they'll offer three different versions of that. Each one of them will be billed separately at the same price. Uh... <laughs> so it's like, oh, you can get that one in red or green or blue. And uh, there are real world dollar uh, dollars attached to those. Although you can uh, you can play to earn, quote unquote, earn the the stuff to buy these with in-game things and stuff. To a point, um, I'm sure some players are getting to the point when because you 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 earn so you there are these loot chests which you can buy, but there are these loot chests which lead to um, these asset changes, so the costumes and stuff, as well as to characters, and in order to get the chests you either pay real real world money or you level characters but that is a finite resource you can only level characters up to a certain amount and so theoretically speaking you have to be selective about what characters you like the most and what characters you either want to unlock with those resources or um, what you want to play dress up with with those resources so so you can't earn everything at some point um there i think at some point there is no way to get more to unlock more costumes so you are literally paying the five dollars per costume or whatever the heck for some of them even if it's a couple bucks like it's like great now pay a couple bucks more for that same 
exact same thing in a different color and again in a different color and yeah it's i don't know what they're thinking yeah that's a really terrible model yeah and again this is why i'm interested in ember and being involved in some of the decision making at least prompting some of this stuff to to shape how things are going to be decided how things will be presented because it's entirely microtransaction based so it'll do the entire costume thing but what was discussed literally what was discussed i think it was tuesday is okay so the idea is that you would have either a suit okay so it's a it's a mech game it's a mecha game where you'd have a pilot and the pilot uh, enters into a robot you know so that's how you you fight the game so that's the, the shtick so your pilot could have its own uniform and those are one-piece costumes that you can purchase or earn. Um, and they will have uh, palette swapping as well as whole costume swapping. Okay, so that's the opportunity where you can say, well, okay, you pay another $5 for this color, another for this color, another for that color. Now, so that that's a standing problem. and But there's this other uh, version with the robot that you're piloting. But instead of full suit, it's per per equipment slot. So you might have a different. You you could unlock a suit, but then you get all of the different options that you can fragment out, and you can only use if you chose. You could use the helmet for from suit from um, style A, and then the left arm for style B, and etc. And so you can you can really mix and match. And so the idea was brought up. Uh, of like what to do about colors and colors is actually harder like i because i brought it up i'm like don't make me laugh about the color thing because all you're doing is you're, you're just changing this and I had a developer correct me about that because sometimes it does involve um texture changes and actual planning around that which okay fine fair enough but honestly you do that once but you don't want it, it just seems dishonest to be billing every player a buck for a thing and okay if it took you a few hours to do that if it took you a whole day to do that charging every one of your players one dollar times thousands of players that's like really profiting off of it anyhow i uh, somebody else was bringing up colors specifically and said well well why not you 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 work in game maybe you craft it maybe you trade for it there's no loot boxes, uh, but you get you find a way to attain a, a piece of armor, a suit, uh, something or other, and then you get it. And the longer you wear it and perform actions in the game, is the more experience points, like cosmetic points, that particular item um, earns, and that item unlocks its color variations so you can actually be walking around with the color variation of your the thing that you earned demonstrating your preference for it or your like because because this is a one of the this is the team leader for vanilla world of warcraft and he he did bring up how it was kind of a point of honor where a person would have a certain kind of uh assemblage of gear on and they could go and show it off 
and how that was actually uh, a really that that was a really important thing. And um, that became less so with transmogrification, where you can make items look like other items, and that they were they were clone items that looked like really powerful items, but they they were just some cheap knockoff that dropped someplace else. So they were like there were too many lookalike pieces. Anyhow, that's that's something separate. So that's the that's the also the team lead for this game. So he understands the the, the value in cosmetics as, and the value of appearance. And so the idea would be maybe you would go to the store and you could purchase a particular um, particular style of item, but you don't get the colors, period. The only way you can get the colors is by actually using the thing in the game and, and earning experience with it. Like, this is undecided. But the notion was, hey, that's, that's actually not, not a bad idea because you do want to have a, a distinction between people that pay money as and people that play and stuff stuff in the store should be earnable in the game um and very possibly there would be stuff in the game that you couldn't bu- couldn't buy even if you wanted to um and that's not wholly un- wholly decided yet but in a game where the entire what what do we call the 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 model for the game is co- cosmetics as income. Uh, a lot of these things have to be thought of the right way. But I mean, I like the idea of. I mean, I generally like the idea. I'm probably going to be going to be. Oh, I'm probably going to make an argument that you just. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to make the argument. But I'm going to be a little bit pissy when I get a piece of gear, but I have to wear the ugly version of it in order to unlock the version I like. And be like, I have to walk around in a, in, in a pink costume that I don't want because I want to earn gold. So what if there was an item that you gained, that you got like every now and then, that helps fast track that progress? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like some lesser version of uh, like. Maybe just what's happened is every every item that gets sold comes with two variations. One is a fairly tame, vanilla, gray, cream version of something, and and the and a color of some sort. And the color is kind of try to upsell it to people that like that particular color, because you don't want everything on your store to be to be ugly, to be to be plain, right? So you unlock it. So you immediately have a couple of color variations and maybe, and so you play with your favorite. So I, maybe I just pick the gray, the, the classic military style, the whatever, but in order to unlock the upgraded colors and maybe there will be some slight style changes too, then I would play that, that crappy version. I like that idea. I'll propose that idea. I won't give you credit. I'll just propose it. Mm. Well, you could uh, steal it off how uh, they did the level of, lo, gear leveling system, gear leveling in Destiny One. Uh, I do not remember. So every time you obtained a piece of armor or weapon, in order to unlock its nodes, you would have to. It needs XP, so you'd either go out shoot things, or you would take uh, orbs of light that you get after leveling, and you just pour it into the item, or you just like consume it and anything that you have anything that you're equipped would have levels added to it 
I don't remember that at all. Good. Uh, Barely I, anybody does. And, ever, and as soon as he, somebody mentions, I go, oh, dear. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds kind of painful. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Maybe that is exactly what should be perceived. That sort of concept. And, of course, probably those orbs would be sold in the store. <laughs> I don't know. But I should know these ones weren't able to. The, I, I don't think that kind of thing. Orb selling would be a thing. Um, I know levels aren't going to be a thing, and experience isn't supposed to be a thing. It's supposed to be pretty flat, but there needs to be some way of dis distinguishing between a player that's been playing for a while and a player that's new, and between uh, people that, that uh, pay to win and people that don't spend additional money. Um, and and there it, there can't be a too significant of a, a performance difference between a player jumping in and a player that's uh, quite mature. So a player that's quite mature, they uh, certainly they'd understand things way better. So they'd be able to take advantage and craft the things that they want. For example, and somebody who's new will just will not understand those things. So that's already that is a natural. Um, barrier, which is fine, um, but a, a, a mature player should also have access to um, maybe a, a better tech tree, a, like just slightly better, maybe, maybe, maybe. But the appearance thing is something that seems to be safe enough to do um, without interfering with the actual participation factor of a new person coming in and and feeling useless or feeling um, too cowed by the people around them. But I think existing players having participated and having crafted their own stuff, they're already going to have wacky variations and they're going to have um, enhanced pieces of gear and stuff like that. But the idea is if you bring a new person into a game, you want to have, you, you want to have multiple, and I'm using the word correctly, multiple classes of player and multiple classes of, in this case, characters or the frames that they're using or the guns that they're using or whatever, so that a new person coming in has, uh, is inspired by what exists out there. So they can see somebody dancing on a mailbox in the middle of town and they'll be like, whoa, what's that piece of gear? What's that? And, and watch to also go, go after that. Um, or have some really interesting ability that they've never seen somebody use before. And and actually get drawn into the game that way. Um, I don't like things that are too flat. When, when uh, there's no room for improvement, you just hop in and you're playing the game. Um, and I don't like games where other people have some superpower and you just can't. Like, what's the point of participating if everybody else can do that and you have no idea how they got to where they got that gun from or you just you you walk around um being um being a cheerleader while everybody else is actually playing the game and i've seen that with destiny 2 where some the, some new gun comes out so you were talking about a, a grenade launcher that does the little void puddle whatever it is that acts like a dot okay. and uh and so everybody was running around with that. And I'm like, well, what the heck? Because I thought it, because it was, it constantly appeared under me. 
<laughs> so I wasn't sure what was going on. People were just trolling me and shooting me with it as I was out there doing stuff. I thought it was a, a mechanic of the new season or something, but it was a new gun of the new season. I had no way of really finding out. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I just got the gun myself. So I, I haven't paid for this stuff, but I, I unlocked it by doing enough uh, season leveling. And uh, it's a pretty terrible gun. I don't like it, but I can see what the uh, I can see what the the appeal is. I don't consider it particularly overpowered. Well, it's it's like it's a lot of fun, but it takes it's a Jeez. gun where it's a gun where it does damage if you manage to tag someone directly with with the shot, or if they're dumb enough to stand there for a long enough time. Yeah, that's true, and and I guess. The thing is, it is unforgiving with its reload, which is fine for a grenade launcher, but um, it's not action-packed is my problem with it. So I don't like guns like that that, you know, I, I shoot once, maybe it hits, yay, maybe it misses, boo, and then I have to reload. I'm sitting there, I have to look at the game, I have to watch the game while I'm not interacting with it. I'm just waiting for this gun. So I really avoid... This is why I play a hunter. This is why I reload when I dodge. So I just, I want to keep playing. Dodge, I keep playing. I only Whoa. wear the one. Hmm? The upside to that is, to that weapon is once you get it, once you finish its catalyst. Um, Which it's, I don't even know how to begin. <laughs> you talk to the gunsmith. Oh, okay. I know nothing about that because I've never, I've, i I've never been able to choose the gun I want to start that with. Okay. So I don't know what you mean. Well, I'm pretty sure after you get the gun, you can just talk to the gunsmith. He'll give you a quest. Mm. Okay, so... a bunch of things with it, but I think one of them is PvP? So I Probably. think you might be screwed. Probably. But um... the perk afterwards is that... It's auto-loading holster, so you fire a shot, you put it away, you take out a different gun, a few seconds later, you pull you pull that gun back out, and you can fire it again. Yeah. Doable. I, I do like that sort of thing. I've got my fusion rifle that does that. And it is it is nice, spectacular, because uh, if you're doing a forge and you pick up a, a ball to throw, and I just hold on to it for long enough, my gun is reloaded by the time I throw it. Which is hilarious. I wasn't sure what was going on when I, when that first started happening. So I'm like, what the? Because every time I would I would, you know, I I would empty my clip and then go run and get the ball before I bother to reload. And then I throw the ball. I have a full have a full gun. I'm like, what what? Because I forgot that the I didn't realize that the auto reload happened if you just weren't using the gun, not if you had your other gun out, which is where my brain went. But apparently holding an object or whatever the heck counts, which is it's still the most powerful freaking gun in the game. And it should terrify people when I have that one up. It's 500. It's 500 millisecond fusion rifle. It just punches through everything. It is crazy with auto reloading. And I can't remember the other features, but it's specifically built around um, a recharge time. It's got the minimum recharge game recharge time of every of any fusion rifle. Um, and I think there is one other, and it, it is also solar. 
that has a low recharge time is just isn't as good as the one I have. Okay. So it, was, it was nice to discover that. I had to go and look it up. And um, it is, I had to go and look it up. And I learned that it, you can only get it if you randomly roll it at the gun shop. So I went, okay, I'll go you know, crack my knuckles. Okay, I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, gun parts. I'll go to the gun parts and I'll be, okay, I'll just spend everything and just see see what I get. And the very first time, very first drop, got the perfect roll. So went, okay, <laughs> done. <laughs> Walked away with a gun so freaking powerful that I've got like 12,000 kills on it or something. It's preposterous. Yeah, so I'll, I'll walk through and I'll absolutely murder bosses with the damn thing because I'll blow eight rounds and then Dodge to reload, blow eight rounds. Dodge to reload, blow well seven round. Well, eight sixteen. I think I've, I can only carry seventeen shots or something. So okay. make sure I've got energy finding and energy ammo finding gear on. And yeah, it's it's scary what I go through. Anyhow, um, is this break time? Yeah, it sounds like. Wait, so we'll be back in another ten. Okay, so. What I was almost talking about during the break was, um, so, so there's a lockdown and it's, it's more, it's different in different places, different countries, different regions, different cities, towns, um, are managing things differently. And one of the, uh, the places that got a little bit of popularity that I had heard about was, so got a little bit of news is it is a retirement area so it's like a named space that essentially has um what would the term be uh a, a, an administration over a series of apartments and i think it might be separate houses but let's so it's not like one care home or anything like that so it's it's kind of a community and what they had started doing is encouraging a, a an old-fashioned pen pal campaign and it got some attention so here you have i mean the impression is oh lonely old people using pen and paper and traditional mail and blah blah they must also use am radios and this kind of thing but um i had been interested in something of the sort for for some time now am radio as well but but uh, specifically the pen palling thing was was intriguing to be reminded of and and there were some interesting arguments about why something like that would be valuable so one of the the things is because of the the lack of mobility uh specifically because of people in a people are in a compromised position so they can't travel at all and they're they're a a, a challenged demographic to put it mildly um and there are it's it's there's a, just a massive depression problem right so there's a lot of people who if you if they can't go get out go out and about even if it's like to do some shopping or go and see friends or have family over or whatever the heck um there are now serious and i mean serious mental illnesses essentially and so the idea of this pen pal thing was to connect people with other people in in a way that is 
old timey, but it's still tangible. And there's a big, this is not writing emails, although that does exist. So um, this one group of people kind of restarted this, but it, I went looking and as it turns out, the pen pal thing just never went away. It's been around for a long time. And there are websites specializing in connecting people together. And it's just, okay, so I've been on the regular internet all this time, but apparently there's this wholesome internet that's out there. And it's, it's just really weird coming in out of the cold to see people being friendly. It's, it's, I don't, it, I'm unnerved. It's just an unnerving idea, like writing pen and paper to an eight-year-old somewhere and <laughs> just be like like in internet land that is you don't do that that's weird like you like play if you were to play a video game online and find out that somebody is young like you you shouldn't talk and but the pen paling thing it's because it's filtered through uh, a connection system because there's a trust network um but because like on the other end could be a parent or should be a parent right? And, and maybe helping them read or whatever. Um, like I said, it's for some reason, it's just wholesome. Like they don't, I, I don't know. It's really weird. So I'm thinking of actually getting, um, about having a pen pal or two and actually physically writing pen and paper. And it just sounds like a rather interesting thing to pursue. Um, and because I, I love writing pen and paper. So I, like I've talked about before, having these, this collection of notebooks of stuff. And even now I have to-do lists and, and I note the things that I've accomplished in, in like a little pen diary. So I actually write with ink. It was a bit of an experiment because I damaged my hands. And uh, this is one way of getting strength back and dexterity. And, but I love writing. And so um, what's interesting is is they were making a lot of arguments as to what what happens when you write pen and paper is not only that you're you're taking your time you're making some, something tangible it takes a while for it to get to where it's going days and to come get responses and it you you read a little bit more carefully and it's a physical memento of of, of, it's an object and you can actually send objects as well. So you can send a postcard or you can send whatever other oddities. Cause often what comes up is, is like, Hey, you're in, and it's some other country, some other place with some other culture. And so you can be like, Whoa, like what's it like over there? And you can, you can send things that are um, tangible and foreign objects. Whereas emails or just like social networking websites and something like that, it it lets you connect with people with foreigners, but they're 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 like you. They're they're just text on the internet. Like something like Twitter is not really communicating with strangers and with foreigners, even though you are. It's communicating with other people that are using Twitter. Like it's just more of you with some anonymity and toxicity thrown in there. And so it's a, I don't know. I, I like the, I like the idea of a pen pal thing. So it's on my list of stuff to maybe consider and maybe I'll get around to it. <laughs> maybe when I'm in like senior citizen and I'm, I'm uh, 
like i want pen pals because i want remote friends like that and maybe that's when i'll get into it but hopefully sooner than that so that i can just have more excuses to pen and paper i like the idea um but as i was saying so the the it's not diarying or journaling of sorts it is uh so i have my my number of accomplishments i want every day that i note and maybe some to-do items um and i'm looking at it even right now is is i keep a little notebook of the stuff that um that i want to like it's a it's a record that makes something that i've accomplished real and uh so i and i've done it for so long that i have these little uh I don't even know how to pronounce it. Moleskine notepads um, that I actually have a little collection. And one of the things that I had learned to do, because I've actually talked about this in my own videos where I've talked about the, the technique and, and how and what value it has of actually keeping a pen and paper. It's not even a specific record, but what it means to have something tangible that you've produced yourself. Um, but it also lets me review last week and last month and theoretically last year um, to get an idea of, of where you've been and how, how far you've come. And so I have these little, these tiny little notepads and uh, it's really nice. I got four over there and I'm almost through my fifth and each one has like, I actually don't know how many sheets this has. So this one started the late, late 05, so late May. And it's, so this will probably last for what, two months, full two months, around about two months. So, I mean, that's already, I'm looking at what, I'll be 10 months, 10 months in of doing this kind of thing. So that means I can actually, and I don't, I would never review more than, you know, more than yesterday, last week, last month. And maybe last year. And so that's like a handful of entries every day that I'd read to get a reminder of what I've accomplished since then. And it's a motivator to let me know that every little thing that I do today and every every thing that I set up to accomplish tomorrow is something that will pay off. I'm reminded every single time. And so, uh, I mean, I could note that I've done this show. I can this kind of stuff. and this becomes real when it gets posted and this becomes real when it gets annotated or commented on or whatever the heck. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm interested in this, as opposed to standing around a kitchen table talking, this actually produces something in the world. Um, so, it, or, or it threatens to, I suppose one day. Uh, yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, obviously there's room for improvement. There's always going to be, but I don't, I should, but I, I will listen to other podcasts. And part of that is to learn from, uh, it's not learning from competitors, although it is literally learning from competitors for the amount of time, like a listener to some show I like might also, uh, I would compete for that person's time as well. If I were to, to to also say stuff that I would find interesting, so um, theoretically, 
theoretically speaking, everybody, um, theoretically speaking, I want to steal listeners away from other podcasts. If those other podcasts are, are much like me, which hopefully doesn't exist. Right. But there, there are other podcasts that are, that are, um, shall we say, well aligned to me that I might want to listen to, that I might benefit from listening to from both uh, the perspective of being a listener as well as um, like learning the trade and you learn how to improve based on that. I actually have bookmarked a a master class of of, uh, how to be a podcaster from a rather significant podcaster. So he does, he does lessons essentially. And so he's bookmarked. I hope he's still doing it. I mean, a lot of it's still going to be relevant. So if it's stuff that I, even if it's stuff I have to pay for that pre-recorded from years ago, I'd still, it still be worth it. I'm trying to think of his name, something Carrera. Hmm. No idea. Yeah, well, you probably shouldn't. Anyhow, so he and a whole bunch of other people um, have advice to give that would be worth listening to, as well as listening to people that are presently popular. Um, there are daily shows that I don't know that I could handle listening to, but I've I've fallen in love with certain YouTube channels, and I've gone back to the very beginning, which I got to say is really, really, really annoying to do now. I don't even know if I can, um, as long as I never close my. Um, as long, as long as they haven't done too much and as long as I haven't closed my, as I never closed my web browser, um, it would be possible for me to sort by, to like sort by oldest and then go through somebody's stuff. But I've gone through YouTubers' old video lists and listened to everything from scratch, binged through, you know, a hundred different things. So, I went before he was popular and so I stayed up to date, but before he was popular, I listened to, and a lot of people will, will know the name, um, Lewis Rossman. He does electronics repairs. And, uh, before he was getting particularly popular, um, I went back and I listened to absolutely everything he had done. So he had some random, like black and white advice stuff and some of his early awkward, like bad equipment and, when he was just figuring stuff out. And uh, so I I got to kind of go back in time and grow up with him as well as stay with him while he was getting more and more popular. I, I, I concluded watching everything and it's partly to develop a new skill set, but because he was doing a lot of business advice stuff, which I'm, I'm fascinated by and a lot of life advice stuff that he, that snuck in there, which is, which is actually why a lot of people like listening to him. I don't think he's much like that anymore. Um, which is one of the reasons why I just don't care. You know, he, he made it big and he got new equipment and he went to a new store and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, that's not, that's not the guy that I grew up listening to, so to speak. So I moved on. Um, and I know a lot of YouTubers are kind of like that. And a lot of, like bands a lot of bands are like that they'll start off on melons um a lot of bands will start off kind of rough and interesting and you can feel the potential and then they get polished up and they're just another turd like everything else 
What are your thoughts on melons? What melons? Um, I actually tend to not like melons. I think they're people refrigerate them, which I can't stand. <laughs> so, so there's that, and I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I don't like watermelons for sure. I think they're awful. Um, but if it's like a honeydew melon or something like that, like a cantaloupe, does a cantaloupe count? Yeah. Um, then, yeah. like, but the thing is, I I like it, but like cantaloupes cantaloupes come in units of one cantaloupe. So like, and I can't eat all that. And eventually, you have to put it in the fridge, which, which I hate. So if I can share it, if I can have it kind of fresh, I can share it. Can you? Can you like sit them out and let them warm up before you eat them? Probably yes. good. They're yeah, slightly I, better chilled, but yeah. well, I mean, I I like it when they're firm, but I don't like it when they're cold. For the same reason, I'm not going to bite ice cream. I'm not going to bite a cold melon ever. And the entire oh, it's great on a hot day when you're out there. No, I'm just not going out when it's hot. No, just ew. Like that's never going to happen. So no. What a weird question. Now you know. Um, and I can't remember what I was talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so yeah, there's a, a lot of the people talk about the weird side of YouTube for finding recommendations and stuff, and that's one of the unfortunate things is is relying too much on relying too much on the recommendations that are given via the quote-unquote automated uh, recommendations list on, on the right-hand side. It's very different now from what it used to be. Now it's all um, echo chamber stuff and whatever is promoted from YouTube is curated from them. It used to be quite random, related to titles, related to channels. It was, it was really interesting because you could um, I did it for music, and it really pushed me towards um, interesting variations on what I was listening to. It was really great stuff. But now, I mean, I listen whenever a YouTuber that I like mentions somebody else. I will go find that other person. I will go pursue that other direction. And and so... Th- Nowadays, it's like winding down because not many people will name drop other channels, and those other channels will be channels that are big, and so they won't have that that raw grit that I really like unless I go back in time and watch their very old stuff. And too many, especially YouTubers, too many of them are just recycled news anchors. They're just commentators on whatever events that are happening. I don't, I don't care about events of the day. Um, I want to hear about life or I want to hear about things. I want to, I want to know stuff. Um, and there's some interesting channels on like how to read body language or, you know, uh, just, or anything right now. Okay. So I'm trying to learn about gardening because I want to do the gardening thing. And, um, there's a lot of really great, um, advice for every, like, I found a Canadian peony association <laughs> and peony is a specific kind of flower. That's how specific that is. You found so a you specific can... flower association. Yeah, exactly. Like 
how weird, how random it, I went with. I wanted to know what kind of flower could I could I just dump in my backyard and just have it like live and have it be pretty and low maintenance. And and so I, I like went through per, understanding perennials and all this kind of stuff because I'm weird. So I researched this over the last week and learning about gardening and all. And, all, and, I, and I actually did bump into it. There's an actual I think it is called a society. And they have competitions for breeding and they have award winners. And I can actually go and I can buy plants and seeds and stuff or bulbs, I guess it would be. And um, I learned that you can't just go and buy them. You can't, apparently, you can't go and just buy flat flowers at any time you want. You actually have, there, there are seasons for that for them, which I guess makes sense. But I have to go back like in the fall to buy the peonies that I want, which is a good thing because I need to clear the weeds out of my backyard and maybe put some actual soil down. So theoretically speaking, I could buy peonies in the fall and then plant them. Probably I'll, I'll learn. I'll learn with my onions. I got windowsill boxes for onions. So I'll go to the store and I'll just buy a whole lot of onions and then just grow them. I don't even know how close together I can grow onions. I haven't looked that up. Maybe, maybe I should. I will when I think about it harder. And then just have a couple of windowsill boxes just full of green onions. Because I can eat those. When you can eat your victories, you'll, you'll appreciate your effort. If it's just a flower, then, you know, I, I guess that says a lot about me. I don't particularly, I mean, if it's, if all it's good for is being pretty, then I, it's nice, but somebody else can take care of that and make it pretty for me. I'd rather, if I'm doing it for myself, I'd rather it be functional and useful or edible or tasty. That is not good relationship advice, but it's good for plants. Tasty. Um, Wouldn't tasting be edible be somewhat synonymous? No. I mean... So, I'm not sure where you're coming from, but... Well, wouldn't they um, be related, I'd say? Well, yes. So, um, if I'm learning to garden and I garden things that, that I would eat, as opposed to just stuff that could be eaten or would grow or would be pretty or whatever, if I, if, I think the beginning point for me would be... Um, um, I think it's hard to mess up green onions so these are scallions is what they're called elsewhere um and i just plant stick them in water and they'll grow roots and they'll actually grow back but i want to put them in soil and all that so i bought a massive bag of soil and some pots and stuff and so i'm kind of like really have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> bought a garden hose for my balcony and i'm like soaking pots of soil with with Seeking which one was the last time you did that? I do it every few days. I'm a, I actually know I, I'm not doing it often enough. Maybe I should look that up, but everything's kind of growing pretty well. It doesn't Basically, seem dead. It's good. Hmm? It doesn't seem dead. It's good. Well, they don't. They, I would say that I think what happens when these get dry is so it has the, the stalks are like tubes that grow up. Into, and they have points. And, but if the if the tube bends under its own weight, 
I think that's because it's a little bit dry. And so it has like dryness up the tube somewhere and it's too weak and it bends in its own weight. So I think that's my sign for whether or not it should have been watered before then. So I think I'm not watering it enough. I think maybe I should go out every day and water it even if I don't think I need to. But my other problem with plants has been uh, overwatering and rotting the roots. So I'm kind of like, I have a black thumb. I'm pretty, I'm pretty bad. Um, so I, so I'm interested in things that I can eat and things that are either low maintenance or potatoes. Uh, perennial. I actually learned about potatoes too. And I have some containers for growing potatoes, but I haven't pursued that. And I need to actually go to a store. I need to get organic potatoes and start with those and so far i haven't had i haven't had exposure to organic potatoes so i need to go to a place that actually sells them and i, I tend to not plan i don't i just go to the wrong places that don't have that so i need to find some because uh, i mean every time see every time i'm going grocery shopping i'm like trying to get in and out real quick and I don't think about fresh things often enough. If only you had a list. Yeah, some sort of booklet with pages and a, and a writing tool of some sort. Which is weird because I've got a, an actual folded up grocery list in the back of this thing that I keep forgetting to pull out when I'm going shopping. I mean, small steps. Just baby steps. I know I know where my flaws are for this. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so, so, I mean, this is, yeah, I, I, gardening is an entirely new concept to, to me, and, and I essentially have to landscape the backyard. It is so coated in weeds that that I have to get a special weed puller. Um, I've got a, a one that I can do it by hand, kind of, one that I can stand up and do. Um, I've got a hand tool and all this kind of stuff, but ultimately it comes down to the fact that if I were to pull out all the weeds, um, then I wouldn't be left with anything that's alive there because it's all just weeds. So I would need to what dig out the soil and throw that out, and or because uh, I know the dirt that's under there is absolute garbage. Um, so late late winter, early spring, right where where there's enough of a thaw that you can see the dirt. Um, I looked at the dirt and I shoveled a little bit of it to go exploring. And I, I called the city to understand if I can dig there and if there's any wires and stuff. And there's nothing there. So I went exploring. And that, it isn't really soil. It's it's this terrible rocky stuff. And the only stuff that grows there are weeds. So that's all, all that's happened. And I look through that yard. And I, if I were to pull up any of those weeds, all I'd be left with of any value whatsoever would be like, Maybe the occasional tuft of grass for some reason, um, but this weird, rocky, nasty, sandy soil. And that's probably not good enough for, for my peonies, which I think I think that's a plant. And then I get to say peony all the time, which is just a really weird sounding word. So and it, what I can do is I can what I can do is I can clean I can clean soil out and then I can build a box on top of anywhere I want. And so it, it, it's, there's, it's nothing but a box with an empty bottom with an open bottom. So 
so it's the walls and then I put my soil on top of that so I don't necessarily care about the content of the soil underneath and uh, it, it'll drain properly and all that kind of stuff because it's just earth connected but I've got access to the one foot of actual soil that I manage and that's the other question is how soil works and there are different kinds and like it's really confusing to me and then going and getting it so so i might actually just build an outdoor box i don't know if i can do that myself i think i can an outdoor box that shouldn't be too hard you'd think that but it's me so i mean i have a hammer somewhere i'd have to go buy nails nice galvanized nails i i think i know where to buy wood i don't even have a handsaw let alone Maybe I can get them to cut things for me because I know that's a thing. Um, <laughs> I know places that'll do that. Well, at least um, where I went to grab for the posts for my bed, they cut it for me. Yeah, so I know places and they charge like per cut. <laughs> I I remember that a long time ago when I um, I can't even remember why I was buying wood. Probably for shelves, and that would probably be a good thing to do is to just coat. Because I have, I bought like some, they're actually plastic, but they're pretty heavy duty um, shelves that I built. Uh, I bought them from Walmart of all places. And, um, but putting up some, some better looking wooden ones and attaching them to the wall might actually be better. It's hard for me to approach. It's just the layout of how I've done things with my library den area is kind of terrible. Um, so it's hard to get at a lot of stuff. So building, so going and getting wood and getting it cut and building my own boxes. But when you when you do the outdoor boxes, there's also a liner that gets put in, and um, uh, so I need to learn about this kind of stuff. But you see all these YouTube channels, and they've got just it's like miracles of what these guys can do. <laughs> all this stuff that I don't understand, and but they give video after video of advice. So. I kind of want to do that, but the first thing I want to do is I want to have an incredibly lush working balcony garden of some sort without spending too, too much money. Um, Because I found a place called Lee Valley. So for listeners, we're in Canada. So I went specifically looking for a Canadian-owned company that ships from Canada, obviously. So, and especially when you're working with if, if ever you're wor- working with plants, so my peonies, if I wanted to get stuff, because I was also looking at things like tulips and other other such things, um, getting stuff across borders is um, either a no or challenging. So there's some paperwork involved with that. Not necessarily that you have to do, but somebody has to do. So there are usually costs attached to that. And there are things that are you just, that are just, that really are just blanket banned from coming into your country for um, protectionist reasons, because uh, not all life belongs in all areas. So some things are, um, are are regionally locked, like, like DVDs back in the day, you have flower region locking. Um, So me understanding relationships country-wise isn't just a matter of me being nationalistic with how I how I purchase products because I'm like that and I also buy local when I can um, because uh, 
my money shouldn't be going too far away from me. And the idea is that I'm, I'm burning less fossil fuel, getting stuff shipped to me in the first place. So uh, I found like local places that will, that actually grow. They have the greenhouses are local. So I'll actually physically have them grown here. So it's just way, way, way less distance than get me getting something specialty shipped up from the United States. And the costs may be exactly the same. And even if it were cheaper getting it from someplace else, I'd rather get it locally. Um, and uh, but, but I looked into that and they're closed. <laughs> they're like, hey, we're done for the season. We're done for this growing season. I'm sitting here like with my credit card on my keyboard going, but I want to give you money. I didn't authorize this. I wanted your stuff. And this one company is like, due to an unprecedented an unprecedented number of orders, <laughs> we're no longer accepting new orders this year. Unprecedented amount of orders. Hmm. What world event could spark that? All the other people like me are who are like, well, I think I'll just start up my garden. <laughs> like, Jared, I thought of it first. I was just lazy. Um. So, but I, I, like I was saying, um, I was looking at the, the balcony gardening type stuff and I, I went to a website called Lee Valley and it's, and they had a deal with free shipping. So I'm like, I bought a $20 kid's shovel just to test, test them out. And, uh, and the suckers sent it to me for free. So, so it's probably a $10 shovel. Um, I might've even cost them money. Um, and, but I bought a bunch of other stuff from them since then uh, again because they're canadian shipping is cheap and free over 30 canadian or something so it's 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 quite good and one of the products that they sell so they sell all kinds of like build your own structures and stuff like that and a lot of it is gardening not all of it but a lot of it and um they sell these enclosed um almost like windowsill box or sometimes quite large outdoor um almost like portable greenhouses essentially they've got the equipment where you can build your own greenhouse and this sort of stuff but it's like a plastic it's it's like i don't know a, a snooty high-end like lazy person that spends too much money little in lid with a hinge on it and so if you have temperature issues, which is a thing, um, and if you want to like plant tomatoes early in, in the season and stuff like that, you need to protect them. So th this is kind of like that. And it's perfect for a balcony. And it even has little stands. And it's like, oh, it also sells a little stand for like $150. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll find a crate to put that on. Or I'll bend or whatever the heck. Um, and I mean, that's more stuff that I could probably build myself or, I mean, I've got an old, I like a, a lot of the, a lot of what's available commercially you don't need at all. Cause you can just buy the liners and make the box yourself. And as long as the liner is good and the wood is not toxic in case you've got a leak leak problem or something like that, then it doesn't really matter, but I have to be careful cause I am eating. If, if I'm thinking about working food, so if I'm thinking about um, onions or if I'm thinking about potatoes, or, these are the common ones. Um, if I'm thinking about that stuff, I have to worry about uh, how I'm growing it. And if, if it's in a plastic bin, 
if it if it's food safe if it was containing food then it should be good um i'm not going to be like growing food in a uh galvanized steel uh pail and <laughs> just cross my fingers and hope none of that metal gets leached into the soil into the plants and then into me and then stays with me to my grave um so so i'm thinking about all that kind of stuff it's just like this is the sort of stuff a person in quarantine just constantly thinks about because you got too much time so imagine working from home and now your travel time is gone that alone is life-changing for a lot of people so it's like wow what do i do with my extra one hour a day i think i'll i'll catch up on the that show that i was watching and then you just get bored of that stuff because you 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 binge and you're finishing it you you finish it up and you're out of stuff and oh maybe i'll go after my steam games and you look at your library and it's like yeah or you just play too many bad games and get burnt out and sooner or later i went through all that kind of stuff and sooner or later i kind of settled down with you know the americans are really demonstrating uh, how a damaged supply line can actually harm grocery stores directly and even though things like i i don't know do you know if things are still pretty bad in the united states in a lot of places or if it's still small town for what for like the the runs on food i i remember grocery i I actually saw um i kept the video even uh this one woman she was filming walking around a grocery store that got raided and it was just everything the things that weren't stolen outright were just were wrecked they were thrown on the ground or out outside in the parking lot it was awful like do you know to my knowledge so i know in canada it's we never had a problem like by the way we're canadians so we don't act in these ways it's totally alien and the idea of running having a run on stores it kind of happened we had some places where they're like well you should only buy this many loaves of bread i'm like well why would i want to buy five loaves of bread this is i'm fine i'll buy two i mean just in case right um and i think i i'd went grocery shopping and i want to do i make really great date scores which is a uh, an instructional video that you and i should probably make one of these days and uh and so I was buying butter for it. And I remember going to the checkout and she's like, do we, do we have a limit on butter? That's the weirdest thing for me to go, uh, what? And that's the other thing we have in Canada. We got a lot of dairy and a lot of wheat and a lot of dairy. And, uh, so, so like limits on <laughs> limits on either of those things is kind of strange. So no, no, they had no limit on, on butter. Oh butter butter is too expensive for for people to just buy a lot of even it lasts a long time um even unrefrigerated which i mean butter technically doesn't need refrigeration i i have left butter out for long enough that it has gone off and so i know what that what that is like um it was still edible and i still ate it because i i don't know i'm like that um so but it tasted bad (laughs) so so it has a shelf life but it has a shelf life outside of a fridge Um, i don't recommend it Uh, inside of and you can freeze it too 
So uh, throw it in the freezer for forever, as far as I know, um, and in the fridge for a very long time. Um, but when, if you're baking, you need to pull it out of the fridge, leave it minimum overnight, but a couple of days. Make sure it's soft all the way if you're going to be working with it. Um, in my case, man, I could talk about date squares. Okay. So in my case for date squares, you are using hopefully a hand mixer, uh, like a hand blender thing, uh, to, uh, to whip the butter. And it isn't like you're taking the butter and you're mixing it with a bunch of ingredients. You're actually taking the butter and you're fluffing it. And you're fluffing it and then folding sugar in with it as after the fact. So it's not just, so you, you have to use nice warm butter, not warmed, like microwave warmed or anything, but room temperature butter that you can whip up. And what's weird is I'm not enough of a snob to know to have experimented with things because the ingredients are actually, once you get down to it, the, it, the butter is the expensive ingredient. Um, and everything else is quite inexpensive, which is one of the reasons I like date squares. It's cheap, not very many ingredients. It's hard to screw up. But the butter whipping thing, I'm not sure if I can avoid. So I'm not sure if I can take like refrigerated butter and then microwave it and just be like, well, it's, it's butter in a slightly different phase. The physics is a little different to this butter, but who cares? Mix the sugar with it. You know, mix it all up together. It's going to go in an oven all the same. I, I don't know if it matters, and I would love to run test after test after test. Like, so if I were to do a video with you, we'd probably end up making a revised video after the fact of like this. I did it wrong in this way. I I challenged the instructions by doing this. I tried this. I I baked it like this. I and just and half of those, probably most of those, would be doing things a little different and then just ruining it. So I'd take like, well, let's pull, what would happen if we pulled butter out of the freezer and microwaved it until it was like liquid buttery syrup and it just, just use be that. liquid buttery syrup. Like how would every, how would everything make? What would You're be just like accelerating its state. I could tell you right then and there, just accelerating its state. But, but that's the thing. I don't know that for sure. Maybe that would be an awful, terrible thing to do. And that's like, like maybe... Maybe that's like that's putting like, an ice cube on a frying pan just to find out what happens. Okay. You would think that that wouldn't matter. Like that's, if that's your example, you would think that wouldn't matter. But like as a start, you don't heat up a, a pan without something in it, right? If, if it were a certain kind of heat and you were throwing an ice cube at it, that's really not good for the pan. Like all these other really weird things that you might learn. And you, there's a, we would boil and jump around as a start, which might be weird, but, but you're right. It's like, it's the same. And you can throw up your, your hands and say, well, obviously, well, obviously. until you actually do it. The thing is, if it goes in the microwave, it might be cooking and it might be separating in a different way. Right. So that's one thing because butter is still has essentially a package of ingredients with it and it might separate and that might be that may or may not be a problem i don't know because i'm taking that and I'm mixing it with all kinds of stuff who cares if it separates into like because i have ghee which is um it's a clarified butter and it's part of the process is heating and filtering it and you filter out some of it and you don't use it and the rest is called ghee 
And it's amazing because it's got a very low smoke point. Um, it's really, really tasty. So butter has a certain taste and different butters have different tastes. But ghee has a distinctively nutty taste. And that nutty taste just kind of comes out of nowhere. And uh, ghee is the stuff that will be used in like, uh, it, it, it will be brushed on Indian bread when it's being cooked and stuff like that. So a lot of people will be, will be reminded of that kind of food. So it's, so ghee is, I think that might actually be Hindi word. Um, so I have that. So, I mean, if you were to heat butter, you might get an effect like that. It might make some of it go a little nutty and that flavor might stay and you just don't know. And I would love to find out and see what would happen with the finished product. Maybe that would happen. Maybe it would change the flavor. Maybe that would be a great flavor. Maybe that would be a terrible flavor. Maybe you could never tell the difference. Maybe you could smell the difference, but not taste it. Like that's science, yo, and just go through and, and figure it all out. I mean, I love to do that as well as all these other little experiments on um, different kinds of pants to use and different kinds of, yeah, I'd love to do that because it's, and then just have one summary of, you know, the one five minute video of this is how you make date squares. These are the exact steps. Do not vary these. And then a separate video, which is, these are all the variations we tried. So you don't have to <laughs> and just go through time after time and make a whole lot of mistakes. Wow. And the week. Yeah. I am so done of this right now. I, the thing is, I would have to eat most of that. <laughs> Date squares are better than breakfast cereal. Um, and I should know. Um, and I, I have binged on date squares. They're so good. They're so good. That's and they're way less funny than, uh, than eating a lot of other junk food. So yeah, that's one of, that's one of my dreams. <laughs> doing that. I've got a decent enough kitchen that it's totally doable. Um, I probably OCD people will hate that. You know, my, yeah. Like it's hard to clean a kitchen. <laughs> so, so I'd have to be a little bit careful about, about that. And, but I have plenty of space and the lighting is amazing and stuff like that. So I could totally pull that off. Um, so yeah, that is something that we can do if this ever, I mean, if you want to pre-record things one day, since we have quarantine time, I mean, theoretically speaking, right? Yeah, it'll last quite a while still. Um, a lot of things are winding back up in Canada, so, um, calling this a quarantine is kind of like we're pretty much done with the idea of the quarantine um i'm sure there will be flare-ups and people are going to push to panic and do the wrong thing and and i don't i don't again i don't want to get into it here but i do understand more of the science than most politicians do and a lot of the reactions have been inappropriate um and and too generalized and and in the places that they should have been focused, they were not. And, and just a lot of things were like a lot of lives have been lost because of bad decision making at the governmental level. And a lot of people that that will guilt others over things themselves don't understand. It's it's a real shame. Like this has revealed 
a lot of stuff about humanity that I really didn't need confirming is, is depressing. But um, Canada's starting to open up, which, which means more and more people are going to be out and about and doing stuff, which means that my ability to stay home and like pursue these sorts of things is going to become more and more limited as everything I want to do becomes possible again. Um, so act now. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're down to what the last 10 minutes or so. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything planning? Yeah. That was you breathing heavy. Yeah. Let me have a little laugh. Not really. Not really. If you, you ever know what's going on. So we had talked about using a, um, a USB keyboard, but hooking that up because you were looking at uh, a switchboard and I had already researched all the underlying technology. So the, the software and the scripting and the understanding. So I can tell you about understanding the ID codes of um, different USB devices in your computer how to how to draw out that information and communicate with individual USB devices to listen to, to them individually and what how to act on different keystrokes from different devices. Now, I don't want to develop the technology to um, to be very complex. I know some really complex stuff is possible, so I'm not going to like hook it up to auto hotkey or something like that and figure that it's, it's got its own programming language for some dumb reason. They should have just used Lua or something basic. Um, so I, I know all that, but you have not made yourself available for, for that to even be a thing. No, I have not. So, um, that's why I was saying that every day at about the time, even if we don't have, the show on you could spend you could be up and available and spend that time and then one of those times i would i would sit down and and do it all get it all up and working and then show you so i'll probably have to get it all up and working on my end first and just double check that it all works show you how to hook it up uh, hardware and software and then hook it into obs because that's your software of choice and I have my, I do myself use it. I just haven't done my own live streaming recently. I, I really should just get back into that regardless of this being a thing or not. And I don't, I don't actually, I don't do it to communicate to other people. I just do it as live stream practice to understand the underlying technology, et cetera. Um, but I do do that and then record it and put it up on my, my own YouTube channels, plural. Um, so, uh, and I do use this technique myself for that. So I do scene switching and it's, it works perfectly. It's great stuff. Uh, I don't have to reach all the way over to a keyboard and then look at it. I can just feel for a USB keypad. My USB, my keyboard has USB ports on it, which makes it really easy to daisy chain stuff out. And so it's really easy for me to daisy chain that out rather than getting a USB hub or something like that, which is what I, you've got um, a spare port on the top of your computer case, if I recall correctly. Yeah. So you could hook it up that way. The problem is you probably want to use this keypad left-handed because right, 
so mouse at the right hand and then the keypad at the left hand just to have it way out of the way um but yeah it's it's is doable and however many devices you could throw in do you still have um, twitch popped out yes i do did you <laughs> ban that person no why not i don't even think you oh hey i mean is it really worth yes it's in chat right now get used to learn the skill okay i mean i already went and blocked yeah, i did Hooray! Why are all the chat messages still there? Because they can be removed as well. I don't have access to that right now, apparently. Okay, well, write that down in your to-do list. Okay. So... Yay, first then! <laughs> okay, so... Um, understanding how to do that is one of your things, and then freeing up some time. So, I talked about a setup and a teardown. So, the teardown is a document that you should have opening once we're done and one of the things that it should include is um saving all this back doing the backup procedure and then providing it on the uh providing it like up uploading it so that i can get it and um then part of the teardown for me could be you know ripping out the audio for processing or whatever the heck so start your teardown process mine's probably going to be a lot easier than yours but i got I have way more work than you ahead of me once all that stuff is up and running. So so we're done. You're going to start your teardown then, yes? Yeah. Um, okay, so for anybody that's still listening, we're going to be back on Sunday at, what is it, 4.30 Pacific, so PST, and then 7.30 Eastern time.